Hello there. I'm Kyle Buchanan. It's always weird to say your first and your last name sometimes, Kyle Buchanan. And welcome to Feel Goodery. We're back in September with a brand new, awesome, spectacular season. But until then, all month long, we're doing Feel Goodery shorts with brand new content you haven't heard it before. And today, we're talking Ozempic. It's going to be informative and short and sweet. Can't wait. Here we go. So a big topic this year has been Ozempic with celebrities and influencers sharing that it's been the key to their their quick weight loss. It's been the magic pill everyone wanted. So recently, uh, a viewer of The Morning Show wrote in asking about Ozempic, as well as a few of you on here, and whether or not there are things we can do naturally to kind of have similar effects. So I want to break it down quickly. And if you know someone who could benefit from this quick info, please feel free to share this episode. You can email it, share the link, or you can tag me on social media and I'll be sure to reshare it. So that's at it's Kyle B. If you don't know, Ozempic is medication originally used to treat diabetes, but it's being used a lot now as a weight loss drug because it helps people feel really, really full and not hungry. So this is where we're going to just put our, our learning or thinking caps on. So Ozempic belongs to a class of medications called glucagon-like peptide 1 agonists. Sexy name, I know. Which basically means it just mimics a hormone we make in our body called glucagon-like peptide 1. That was not a pleasant sound. Or, to shorten it, GLP-1. And among other things, GLP-1 helps with blood sugar management and slowing down gastric emptying. So essentially, you feel fuller for longer. And here's my answer when it comes to nutritional strategies you can use to have a similar effect. There are a lot of things that you can do each and every day, each meal you eat, to encourage your own production of this hormone of GLP-1, including making sure you're getting enough protein in your in your diet and increasing your protein content of your meals. Normally, we undereat when it comes to protein. Increasing your fiber intake, especially foods rich in prebiotic fibers. So asparagus and leeks and garlic and oats, and you can actually get prebiotic powders that you can just add to water. These prebiotics help to, the reason they work, they help to feed your good bacteria in your gut. And when your good bacteria eat these fibers, they produce something called short-chain fatty acids, like butyrate, for example. And it's these short-chain fatty acids that increase the production of GLP-1 by your intestinal cells. And of course, fiber also helps you feel more full. Certain uh, polyphenols and antioxidants can help as well. Uh, polyphenols can also act as a prebiotic, which is one of the roots that they help this with. So foods especially great are... Cinnamon, cinnamon has amazing blood sugar properties, even just, and the the thing is you don't have to have a lot of cinnamon, just a little bit here and there goes a long way. So cinnamon, cacao, beets, green tea, and the other tea that's really spectacular to include that a lot of people actually don't, it's really popular in places like Argentina, we don't have it as much here in North America, or it's not as popular, is yerba mate tea. It has a similar caffeine kind of content, slightly different than green tea, but it is kind of a powerhouse when it comes to GLP-1 production. So including these foods are a really wonderful strategy. Another strategy that kind of became really popular on social media and, you know, conflicting opinions, mostly from the pharmaceutical world, uh, is a compound called berberine. 
So this is a compound you find in certain plants like golden seal, which if you've ever had is, I, I grew up taking golden seal. It's this really yellow liquid. It'll stain anything. It tastes kind of incredibly bitter. I really like it though. So it's in herbs like golden seal. You can get it as a supplement. It can also help support GLP-1 uh, and blood sugar management, but I'd work with a healthcare practitioner for that one. And beyond nutrition, lifestyle factors do play a huge role in GLP-1 production. Exercise has been shown to increase it, both aerobic and resistance training. And another big one, a huge one, is getting quality sleep. And I know a lot of us aren't sleeping as well as we might like, but it can make a difference. When you don't sleep well, it can really mess up your GLP-1 production and, and your blood sugar. So you want to make sure you're taking steps to support a quality sleep because I know we know this but holy crap it is where you want to start if you're having any sort of health issues we did a whole weird sleep episode that you can check out from season one a few weeks ago so that's kind of my thoughts when it comes to nutrition after I shared this uh, on social media and on the morning show I received a lot of dms and comments from people telling me their own experience with Ozempic. Some had gone off of it, some were still on it, some loved it. I have a friend who has had no side effects who is really loving it, but a lot of people reported having too many side effects to continue with the drug or it was too expensive. Uh, gastric issues is the big one. Other people reported feeling really weak, really weak overall as soon as they started the drug and their strength came back after they got off of it. Ozempic is a very big topic. And there's a lot of people who like to shame people for using it and claim that it's just a matter of willpower. I am not one of those people. I really believe in doing what's right for you. And here's the thing when it comes to weight loss. A big obstacle is hunger. When you cut back on what your body is used to consuming and you go into a calorie deficit, your body will signal you to eat. It will get hungry. And this factor how hungry you get and how satiated you are with the food you eat, there is a genetic component to it. Depending on your genetics, you can have a harder time being satiated by the same amount of food as someone else. So that hunger can be intense, especially when trying to lose weight. And with that, Ozempic does really reduce hunger. In fact, it can be so successful at reducing hunger that it can be very easy to undereat and not get enough nutrients and calories to actually properly fuel yourself and you can lose a lot of lean muscle tissue. So if you are on Ozempic, that's something to consider. You want to ensure you're getting enough protein, especially to help mitigate any muscle loss, and you want to make sure you're getting quality nutrients and micronutrients to help you thrive while you are on this medication. The last thing I'll say is that for some, Ozempic is going to be a long-term thing. For others, it can be short term. But what can happen when you come off of it is that your hunger can come racing back full force. So with that, I did get a few of those questions from you asking if you are going to come off of it, what can you do nutritionally to keep your hunger in check so you don't, uh, if you are doing it for weight loss, you don't gain the weight back because you're just ravenous. So a couple thoughts, if you are coming off Ozempic and you want to control your hunger, everything I talked about earlier applies protein fiber first especially front loading your day with a ton of protein that has been shown to help reduce cravings later on beyond that number two limit the foods that mess with your hunger signals normally by spiking your blood sugar level so i'm talking refined flours white flours refined cereals and of course sugar the other thing tip number three that can mess with your hunger signals is alcohol so if you're coming off of ozempic just be sparing with it 
alcohol can mess up your hunger in a couple ways. It can cause you kind of to overconsume when you're drinking because you kind of lose track. We've all been there. And it messes up with your sleep, which can interfere with your hunger signaling the next day. You tend to overeat the next day when you're tired. So just keep tabs on alcohol. Lastly, what tip is this? Number three? Yeah, number three. Lastly, number three, a lower carb diet can be a really effective tool to reduce hunger. So higher in protein and fat and non-starchy veggies like leafy greens and cruciferous and asparagus, and then limit your starches like grains or potato or bananas or pasta to like once a day, one twice a day, one, one twice a day, one. I'm really being very simple here. One to two servings a day of starches. Normally at night is what I tend to recommend because it can help you sleep. Or alternatively, one method that a lot of people do like is just timing your carbs around your workout. So you eat your your starchy carbs following a workout. And with that, that is a rundown on Ozempic considerations, a brief rundown. And we will bring this feel good short to a close. Here's the thing. When it comes to weight loss, it is a very personal thing. Nutrition and food choices can and do have an influence over how hungry you feel and there are things you can do to support the pathways in your body that make you feel more full but there is a time and a place for medical intervention and no one should ever make you feel shamed for doing so everything nutrition and medicine can be a fantastic tool and you have the right to make the choices that feel good for you i hope you have a wonderful day ahead and i'll see you next week on feel goodery And now for the legal stuff. The information provided in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional medical advice. Please always consult with your healthcare provider.